Welcome, everybody, to the new edition of the CarCast, episode 67, a Stanley Cup playoff clinching edition. I'm Owen Newkirk. He's Sean Shapiro. Uh, you'll have to forgive us if we sound a little discombobulated right now because uh, this is also first responders edition for us. So we've already done a good deed, and but we're no heroes, right? We don't need medals. We're just doing what we do, which is help out in, uh, you know, a, a comrade in arms. Yes, uh, accident on the uh, tollway, and uh, not we, that we were not involved in. Somebody no. else was, and we had to uh, give somebody a ride. And we're glad to do it. So yes. huzzah for that. So the, the origin of tonight's car cast did not start at the AAC. It actually, it actually started <laughs> a little bit farther up yes. on their way back towards uh, the Frisco Colony McKinney area that we go. And, uh, and so we're doing a different route. We're going to eventually get on the road. So if you hear us sounding a little off, yeah. it's because our hand signals of turning left, turning right, while we follow our navigation, can sometimes lead a few things to be desired. <laughs> but nonetheless, we are hockey announcer, podcasters, writers. We will we are fight through. We are people. <laughs> yes, I can name more titles. Right? But nonetheless, here we are. So, Sean... Let's start with the obvious. The Stars with a 6-2 win over the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. A roller coaster of a game, but ultimately an emphatic statement as they clinch a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, it's 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 some it was a game where the Stars obviously It's a game where the Stars wanted to have already clinched before tonight, obviously. They would have liked to have scored in that shootout in Vancouver, which they did not. Um, but nice setting. You come home. You, you come home. You you do it in front of your home fans. You you take care of your own business. You you do it with a win. Um, you've taken nine out of your last ten points, and you brought and you've you got playoff hockey back in Dallas. And it's 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 a good feeling for it's a good feeling, especially after it's been it's been a crazy season. So it's been. Oh, that's an understatement. Yes. Here's my thought. The playoffs coming into tonight's game, I kind of had the thought process or a, sort of the assumption that it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. That there, although there was a fragment of a possibility of them not making it, it really was, in all intents and purposes, th- this was a playoff team. Yeah. But there's a difference between being certain it's going to happen and it actually happening. Because, not necessarily for me, I, I, I don't feel that much different uh, emotionally than I did before the game, but there were a lot of people that I saw tonight whose reactions, once the game was over and the points were on, that it really was noticeable mm-hmm. that there's a lot of relief, excitement, joy, happiness, all gamut of positive emotions, because now it's actually a real a reality, something that will happen after this weekend. There will be hockey beyond yes. the final game of the regular season. And that's a nice feeling. It's a good feeling. And it's I was also of the mindset that the playoffs were happening. I was already I've already I'll be honest, I've already booked hotels in three different possible cities for the right. first round. Because you want to make sure that you can stay in those cities. Yes. So um I I was let me ask you about that. Yeah. Since it's the car cast, yes. let's, 
we can yeah, we can go anywhere. Just diverge yeah. a little bit. We've already done it once tonight from our normal route, which is why we don't know where we are, but we yeah. do. Yeah. When you make a, a hotel reservation in a market that you're not sure you're actually going to keep, do you clue in the people that which you are uh, making a reservation, or do you simply make it and then call later and beg for forgiveness and to cancel? Um, I don't tell them. So you you keep them in the dark. Yes. You're letting them know I want this hotel at this range of dates, mm-hmm. and just deal with it later. Yeah. Okay. I, so I, you're I, not you're not the one that's giving up a ton of information like I would, which is, uh, which is probably not the right play, by the way. Is hi, I need to be in one of three cities at this time frame. I just don't know mm-hmm. where I'm gonna be because then it sort of gives a lot of doubt, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm just booking it too. As far as each each room I book, I can I can cancel up to. It literally says in my reservation I can cancel up to 24 hours. Before. Oh, so you yes. you, you get a buffer zone. Yeah. So grace period. Yeah, so I intentionally book it with that rate, and once you stay at as many hotels as I do in a year, it's easier to get that rate. Okay. Well, that's just you know, yeah. hey, inquiring minds want yeah, to know. Yeah, no, it's it's a good question. Now, there's a difference between booking flights and hotels. I've not booked flights yet. Booking flights, on the other hand, that's something that we have to wait until... Uh, and since you are working for a company and not a freelancer, you are definitely going to let them absorb that charge. Oh, of course. And, not, and you have to wait, because you can't book a flight when you don't know where you're going. Yes. Um, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. It does get easier as we... It does get easier to predict as things go over the next couple days. Sure. Um, it would be, uh, for example, it's highly uh, highly believed that, uh, doing the math, that if it is Winnipeg or Nashville in the first round, the series will start next Wednesday. Now, you say highly believed. Can you give us more insight as to so, yes, why you believe yes, that? Yes. Um, you look at <laughs> arena availability. And in Nashville, next Thursday the 11th, is an event called Two Cellos. Um, and two cellos, sorry, full name of the show is Two Cellos, Let There Be Cellos. Um, I don't know. It would be weird if they said Two Cellos, Let There Be Banjos. Yes. Or any other instrument, not cellos. Personally, right? personally, I'm hoping it's like the cello version of like a dueling piano bar where like they're, yeah. play, where they're, they're playing two different songs and they go back and forth. And um, now, Debbie, you don't what? want simply two harmonizing instruments. No, you want, I, I you want a battle. You I, want a fight. I want a musical. These, I, fight. I want these cellos to battle. Um, and so that's Nashville. So that's why <laughs> Wednesday would be because the playoffs will start next Wednesday. So you want elite. a real duel here, not I, just two cello. You want dueling cellos, not just two cellos. Yes, I want dueling cellos. Now, if we're not in the dueling cello city, All right. which is Nashville, and the other, the most likely Winnipeg still is Winnipeg, uh, Fleetwood Mac plays next Thursday. Now, out of curiosity, two things come yes. to mind. One is, would you partake in Fleetwood Mac because you would be there for at least games one and two, so if it starts on Wednesday, that would be the off day in between games one and two. Would you partake in that? And second question, why have you not inquired about either Calgary or St. Louis arena availability? So... Because those are other options. Well, I've looked. So if it's if it's Calgary, um, if it's Calgary, they're both open. Uh, however, it's not going to be Calgary from the from the fact where Dallas with one more point will clinch the first at least the first wild card. Okay. Um, or, which means they would have to lose two games in regulation, and Colorado would have to, which is one point yes. away from clinching the yeah. final spot, yes. would have to win the both last two games. In Colorado, yeah. So basically, Colorado has to take all four. 
and the Stars have to zero. Yes, for it to happen. And yeah. the Stars play Chicago on Friday and Minnesota on Saturday, both of whom have now been officially eliminated from the playoff race. Correct. So there's not a whole lot at stake for them other than pride. Yeah. Because it's not like they're going to knock the Stars out of a playoff spot. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And also, it's also the requirement of Chicago to win two games. I mean, I'm sorry, Colorado to win two games, too. Is So, Chicago's yes possibility. Also, St. Louis is an option. Um, however, it's you look at the row, and which is regulation plus overtime wins. Right. Winnipeg's got quite an advantage there. Um, basically, St. Louis needs to outplay... St. Louis needs to outplay Winnipeg by two games, um, and uh, Nash—I believe St. Louis is the tiebreaker over Nashville at least. Um, but the more likely scenario, if say Dallas, the other possible scenario that is highly unlikely is Dallas wins both their final two games, St. Louis loses out, and the Stars sneak into third. That's okay. the other, and then would play the second place team, whether be that be Nashville, Nashville or, or, or Winnipeg, Winnipeg yes. right? So there are a bunch of scenarios. So there's other scenarios, but National and Winnipeg are the two most likely. Uh, Winnipeg is the highest of likelihood because they hold the tiebreaker um, with Nashville, um, but there's still options here. Okay, let's get quick quick uh, synopsis of tonight's yes. game. Um, stars get two goals in four minutes to start the game. First two shots of the game. Jason Dickinson scores on the first shot of the night, and it's a great play sequence that finishes with Sagan setting up Dickinson for a beautiful shot. And, Sean, it, you wondered if with a guy like Dickinson who's on a long goal drought, goal list streaks, hadn't scored since December 3rd against the Edmonton Oilers, that it would have to be an ugly goal. You know, deflection, tip in, off your pants and in, off a, a leg, a knee. It's not ugly. This was quite the opposite. Yes, not ugly. Pretty cool. How important do you think it is for a guy like Dickinson, or Blake Como, for that matter, who scored an ugly goal in the sense that it should not have been allowed by Cam Talbot, to get off these lengthy goal droughts before the playoffs? I think it's big. Um, I think it's important to get off that slide now, and I also think for a guy like Jason Dickinson, I think it's... I do think he can be in that top. He can be a winger in that top six, but you also have to put the puck in. You have to be able to do what he did tonight. Uh, I think that's big just for that, as far as building that role. And for Blake Como, um, it's important to get. I mean, it's important to get things going a little bit and, and, and know that you don't want to be fighting. You don't want to be in the middle of a playoff series and be thinking about, well, I haven't scored since February. Interesting, we've kind of buried the sub-lead. Yes, yes. Right? The lead is clearly the Stars clinched the playoff spot, and that's huge. <laughs> the surprise co-lead tonight is Matt Zuccarello made almost an unannounced appearance in Victory Green. His home debut, nobody knew. In fact, Tyler Sagan, who was our guest on our radio postgame show tonight on the ticket, said he didn't know until he was walking into the arena tonight and saw Zuccarello and said, what are you doing? You're here a little early for the workout. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he said, well, he went to see the doctors, got cleared, and yeah. and his name number was on the board, and he was in. Uh, thrilling and, like his stay in Dallas so far, a bit of a roller coaster, wasn't it? Yeah, he comes in, and as Jim Montgomery put it, he's the star's best passer. It was and noticeable, too. It was noticeable, and he, the way he looked crisp, uh, it was creative. Like he it looked like a guy hadn't played no, in a month and no. had a broken arm yeah. and surgery to recover. I mean, so he looked good. He comes in, and I love one thing that he's I just a great player. One thing I like about him is you can see always, even in the shifts where he didn't have the puck on a stick, 
always in the right spot, always disrupting. Did you like that first period play where he broke up a long stretch pass at the offensive blue line? The rest of his line is changing, mm-hmm. and he stands in the lane and knocks it down with the stick and just completely yeah. breaks up the transition yeah. for uh, for Philly. The other thing about Zuccarello, and you talked about his passing, before I even heard Jim Montgomery's post-game press conference, I looked at Bruce and said, He's making our transition game something. Because the Stars' transition game is not great, Correct. right? They get the puck out, they dump it in, they go after it, they go puck pressure on the forecheck. They're not like Pittsburgh, the last home game we saw, which keeps the puck, works it through the neutral zone, and hits the line and tries to hang on most of the time. Sometimes they'll change their game depending on their opponent. Zuccarello was creating a transition through the neutral zone. Yeah, and... and yeah. You can see there's a bit of an energy he brings too, just as far as playing with a guy like that. And then he gets a uh, he gets an assist, and uh, he gets an assist on the star's second shot of the game, where Esselindel unbelievable who, goal. Esselindel, who was the uh, victim on the Connor McDavid goal <laughs> last week, which was a unbelievably awesome yeah, goal, does something similar. And uh, you know what? Credit to uh, Todd Nelson on this one, just as far as he put. Esso Lindell in that spot in that bumper roll, thinking, okay, Esso wins battles in the slot in the defensive zone. He's got a good stick. He can let's see if we can take advantage of that in the offensive zone. And it worked in that situation. Quick second period synopsis. The stars were bad for most of the second period. They were kind of bad for the last ten minutes of the first. They game. weren't good. Yeah. I mean they had two quick goals and then they kind of uh yeah. stopped playing their game. Oscar Lindblom scored a minute thirteen in or so of the second period, and then Gostisbehere, about 10 minutes later on the power play, bombed one in, and it's 2-2, and you're going, well, this is about what they deserve, because they were completely outplayed in the second period yeah. through that point. Kudobin had kept them from being behind. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. He, he stopped Couturier once then, and then two more later in the game in the period. Sean Couturier had, I think, three or four really high-quality chances, and every single one of them was denied by Hudobin, including a shorthanded breakaway in the final minute of the second period, which could have changed the game as well, couldn't it? Yeah, it could have. Um, so Radulov gets a power play goal. Yeah. A really nice play. Tyler Sagan, Sean, had a grade-A one-timer from the mid-slot, just above the hash marks, that he pushed way wide left. Can't have been happy about it. Then doesn't get his head out of it, comes around to the other wing, and goes back door to Radulov, who then drives to the backhand and scores on Cam Talbot. 3-2 and the Stars have the lead. Yep. I really applaud Sagan's focus to not get frustrated because he missed a, a shot from an area that he scores a lot of goals from. Mm-hmm. And then and then you go another special team sort of 4-on-4. 4-on-4, but it was all it started because yeah. of Yanmark. Yeah. 4-on-4 and the uh, I thought it was fitting. It was funny because we were talking to him this morning about where he sits. Uh, <laughs> we were. Tyler Pitt, Tyler Pitlick out there with the uh, with the, the three fins. And Tyler Pitlick uh, sits uh, next to the fins in the locker room. The finished corner. Yes, the finished corner as we call it. Yeah, and which is Lindell, Honka, Haskinen. And Hintz. Hintz in, that, uh, in the wraparound. In the wraparound. And, and then Pitlick is along is along the one side next Pitlick to. Pitlick is next to Hintz, Hintz. right, as the corner and goes so, around. Goal where uh, this it, was pretty, wasn't it? Was, it? it was I mean, the passing was it was all horrible. Yeah, it was tic tac toe. It was um, it was the type of play that if Miro Heiskanen should have had an assist on the it's play. It's a crime, isn't yeah, it? It's like you should like you can't have three assists. You but, can't have three assists, yeah. but it was pretty. It was a pretty play. And, and Pitlick, another lengthy drop. This one more because of an injury. Yes. 
hadn't scored since December. Mm-hmm. He missed 30 games because of wrist surgery. Mm-hmm. And this is big for him because there's something that if he can get his offense going – that he can bring in addition to the hard physical forechecking style that he plays in good defensive game that I don't think the other guys that were out scratched tonight can bring. Mm-hmm. Right? There's something about the tenaciousness of Pitlick's defensive style. If he can get it, he hasn't had a great offensive year. For no, him. no, no. Part of it's because of the injuries, but he wasn't doing well before that. Yeah. So um, he's also he's also the type of player too who I think um, he's gonna. For him, I think it was really big tonight. He jumped up from 448 to 1018, I believe, as far as Vince played. He was really yeah. sheltered the other night yeah. in and, Vancouver. And that was more of a situation of the game as opposed to what he was doing. Because it was yeah. close, and so the lines got short. Yeah. Or the bench um, got short. But I think he's a guy who... He can score... Now, he's not been a goal scorer this year. I'm not saying that he's a goal scorer. But he's a guy who... If you get to a point in a game, in a playoff game, and it's something going long or something like that, he can be put in a role, and he's easy to play with. He's not, he can, he's an easy player to play with that is brings energy. He can do that, those type of things, and he's a little bit more finished than some of the other guys who are upstairs scratch right now. Yes, yeah. I agree with that. Okay, so four two end of the second. Couturier had the shorthanded. Another break another break. another another time where the Stars scored on back to back shots. Twice tonight, right? Three times. Three times. Well, twice to this point. Twice tonight, yeah. Um, I still say that Hudobin save. It was in the final minute yes. of the period. Big, big if moment. He do, if he doesn't stop Sean Couturier's breakaway, it's 4-3, and the momentum shifts again. Yeah. Because the Stars weren't good in the second period, for the most part. Yeah. Go to the third, and they were great. Yeah. Dallas just absolutely done. Cam Talbot kept them in the game, because the Stars had six or seven scoring chances, and it was still 4-2, to two, and it just felt like, well... They're dominating. Philly doesn't have a. Philly did not create much in the third period, and no, so kudos to the Stars for really ramping up their and pressure. As, and, as good, and as good as Talbot was, he broke poorly on the. He broke really poorly. Almost at the ten-minute mark. Yeah. Nine and a half minutes in, uh, Blake Como shot from the right wing, bad goal. Just bad goal. ugly. Bad goal, yeah. And Sean, another lengthy goal drought, beginning of February, another 23, 24 games, snap tonight and. I think this just so three guys that hadn't scored in months yeah. all get on the score sheet. That can only help the team. No. And the confidence. Completely. Then 10 seconds later, um, Jason Dickinson kind of creates a little bit of chaos in front, and Radulov capitalizes. Pokes it free, yeah. and Radulov is again unmarked and sweeps it in, and it's 6-2. to two. Stars could have had more. They had a couple more. Lindell had a one-timer from the slot, could have had another goal. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, it's late. Yeah. Maybe you can get away with it. Mm. But it's a 6-2 win. Hudobin was fabulous once again. He was really good again, yeah. Can you believe he only has a 500 record? He's it's, played 40 yeah. games now, and he's he's an even 500. 16, 16, and 5. Yeah. It seems like a crime, doesn't it? it? You hope that in the game he plays this coming weekend, you hope he gets a win, like just to get above 500 and finish the year that way. You're assuming that he would play on Friday in oh. Chicago? I think you see Bishop at home. I don't think he travels. That's a good thought. I think if you yeah. have Landon Bow, unless you want to send her down to the AHL, because the Texas Stars have a big weekend series against the Rockford Ice Hogs, and they're on the bubble of a playoff team in their division in the AHL. My thought was you play Hudobin in Chicago, who's been good there before, and then you play uh, Minnesota Bishop at home. This is actually something Bishop has made this decision on before. Um, I don't know if you remember, um, I did a story on this talk, looking at the concept of sending a goalie or 
would teams ever in the future carry three goalies and do something like this with okay. a back-to-back send, like the baseball pitcher concept, okay. where like you to send your starter for the next night to the other city if you're going to travel, right? It's an interesting thought. So Bishop, I just think you leave him at home. Bishop was asked this actually in Tampa late in his career, later in his career in right. Tampa. There was a game. Uh, the Rangers had a back. The uh, sorry, the Lightning had a back-to-back. There was a road game before a home game, and John Cooper asked him if he wanted to stay right. in Tampa. And he did not want to stay in Tampa. He wanted to. Now he was. This is different because you was the only backup, right? I mean, they, they would have had called, somebody available. Okay, so they would have called up somebody yeah. or had him. So, so. What do you think about that? Um, about the it's different. And Bishop told us because I remember you asking him. I was there when you you brought this up at least once. Yeah. Um, and it's it's different because you know the starting pitcher in baseball is not going to they have enough other pitchers. Yes. He will not pitch tonight's Correct. game. Correct. Even if it goes eighteen innings, we'll bring in a field player. We're not gonna burn our starter for the next game. With a goalie, you don't know for sure. There's only two of them usually. Yeah. You need to be there for your team. The one person who's brought the most interesting concept to me on this, and it, it's it's actually happened this year with the stars of the combined shutout, Jeff Reese brought up how the concussion protocol makes it impossible in his mind. Because you could have your starter yanked. You could have your starter. At any moment. Yes. And yeah. it was in Stars goalie coach Jeffries who said, because of the concussion protocol, I would never feel comfortable doing that. Unless you had such an insanely solid third mm-hmm. that you essentially, like for example, Philadelphia has Carter Hart, Brian Elliott, and Cam Talbot, and they're rotating the last few games. Uh-huh. Now, look, there's still a hierarchy of, you know, a depth chart there. Yeah. But the, if you decided to carry three netminders on your NHL roster and you had some level of trust of all three, you might be able to pull something like that off. Yeah. But that would be the only way. And do you really want to burn a, lot, a roster spot during the regular season and the cap space, which is always so precious, on a third goalie? No, it's... But if you ever wanted to do it, that would be the way to do it, right? Is to I, carry I, yeah. three. I do think there's value, and it's it's one of those where it's... is there enough value? So, no. Here is my my point of value. I think there's enough value in having the yo-yo, and the thing is, you got basically it becomes a lot of travel for that third guy. But I think there's a lot of yo-yo development value, and so let's just say hypothetically, let's just use Jake Ottinger. Just, just like in theory. Okay. Next year, Jake Ottinger. Um, I think there's a lot of value with how teams practice and how you give the goalie off. There's so many times where they'll the team will be on the road and they'll find some local guy to take to practice with them. To so give the start of the day give off. Give the start of the day off. Why don't you have a day like that where you have your prospect practicing with the NHL team, and then he can return that weekend to the it's HL? A lot. It's, a, it's a like, lot of work no, or a lot of travel. It's a lot of work, and it's a lot. And you have to have someone who's wavering. I feel like it would be better in at home, where the travel, you know, from Austin to Dallas yeah, well, is yeah, more yeah, doable yeah, than yes. Austin to but Calgary or my something. My point is just right when you have those days where you're like, okay, well, here's a, and then the obviously the the counter to that is. That, how much does that affect adversely affect your AHL team? Now, obviously, there's a balance there. There's a balance. Because we have seen what an AHL playoff run has done for players, right? Yes. Rope Hints is probably not the player he is today without that long run to the Color Cup final last no. year. No. Um, Joel Esperance probably doesn't get the NHL contract coming out of Michigan oh, Tech. Oh, he does not at all. If he, they don't make that kind of a run. Yeah. And we could go on and on, but I mean, Justin Dowling is in a different spot as far as 
how the NHL team sees his value because of what he did in the playoffs. Correct. And I could go on. So anyway, um, all right, should we move on to the lightning round as we're already in park mode and now looking at how late it's going to be and how early the rise is? Let's do it. All right. Brian writes in a couple hours ago. Thank you for using the hashtag so we can find it. Especially on a night like tonight. We would never be able to find it. Way past, yeah, all the stuff and the mentions and all that. Brian writes, wants to know, when will your fans, such as myself, be fortunate enough to get a road version of the car cast recorded over Skype or something? There are some logistical ways to pull this off. But you have to remember, Brian, that on the road games, I'm doing a post-game show from the Ticket Studios. Mm -hmm. Sean is working from that city and then very importantly, has to schmooze with the local media afterwards at a, you know, a local watering hole, perhaps. (laughs) Heaven forbid Scott Burnside shows up because that changes the, that ups the ante big time. Changes the dynamic. It's going to be next to impossible for us to do the road car cast for a while. Yeah. Right? It's just, and, and, and the logistics of it, too, that go into. The other thing that a lot of people have to... I could do it on my drive home after our postgame yeah. show, but where will you be at that moment? Well, the, the other issue with that, too, is people have to realize um, that just comes into it. I often have the 6 a.m. flight the next morning, too. And I often have the 6.30 get the kids up for school. Yeah. So, like I do tomorrow, yeah, by the way, yes, so yes. let's make this lightning <laughs> yes. round actually quick. Yes, Melissa writes in, who thought of slash approved the idea of getting a team cow? Puppies are way cuter, in my opinion. It's an April Fool's joke. It, it gained more traction because an interesting quote today. I was talking to somebody that works in the star's office, and he said, you know a great April Fool's gag when people can't tell if it's serious or actually April Fool's on April Fool's. Yes. I thought that was an interesting thought. Yeah. I had friends who are smart people. That asked me angrily or otherwise, incredulously perhaps, did the owner really sign off on a team pet? And then I said, you know what day it is? Ah, crap. That was the give and take. How about that? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think the stars actually paid the money to like to help with that charity or whatever it like was. To adopt a cow. Like to adopt a cow. But it's the same way like if you and I adopted a manatee. We're not bringing the manatee in the car cast with us. Um, it, you want to talk about logistical nightmares. <laughs> yes. I mean, manatees are not small. They weigh a lot. So you'd have to have a, a vehicle. Yours might be able to, to handle I the cargo. Think, I don't think so. But with the added weight of a water, a saltwater tank. Yes. To, to and the con- filtration system. Well, let, let's, yeah. say, let's say it's fresh water and it's going to get it's gross. It's a manatee, though. Let's say it's transport only. We've got a holding tank somewhere else. It's not going to work. It's not gonna work. Um, it, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Galvagus, Doctor Dash. This was a heck of a game tonight to wrap up a playoff spot. Question for the Carcast: Would you consider the Stars MV- Who would you consider the Stars MVP in this drama-filled season? We've been asked this before. It's blatant. It's the two-headed Stars goaltending tandem yes. of Bishop and Hudobin, hands down. Yes. They and Jim Montgomery asked. We were talking about this. Uh, somebody asked him this. Was it yesterday or today? Um. He said, you know, the Stars aren't a playoff team if we don't have Anton Hudobin. I'm not sure if he said it today or yesterday. I can't he remember said what, it, but it's... It, I remember this quote yeah, recently yeah. in the last 24 to 48 hours. Colin writes in, in your opinion, what teams might be hesitant to face the Stars during the playoffs? What teams beside the Blues will the Stars not want to see in the playoffs? Those are two different questions, and I disagree with one of them. Um, well, the first off, I, don't th- I think the, the one team that is happy that Dallas 
um, is not going to end up being the second wild card is Calgary. I mean, they should be worried about the Stars after it, the regular yeah, season. Yeah, Dallas period. went three and zero against Calgary. Um, the other team, I mean, the Stars have had a good showing against Winnipeg. They've had. I don't think there's any team that it's the playoffs. You're going to be whoever plays the Stars is going to be worried about their goaltending in their recent play. They should. Yeah. Right. I Look, the thing is, is that Dallas hasn't put up a ton of points, but everybody looks at the resume, as we've talked about before, and sees Ben and Sagan and Zuccarello now yeah. and goes, these guys can score. And they're Klingberg, Haskin, and they're going to be worried about it. And with how they've played so far, with what their goalies do, the Stars are actually, from an outside perspective, they're a sneaky sleeper pick to go deep in the playoffs. Because of the d- defense and goaltending. Yes. Yes. Um, if their power play gets hot, watch out. Do the Stars want to avoid any of those teams? I don't think I don't think it matters right now. Like honestly, there's different matchups with each that that, that go into it. But of those, three, I have one. The only team in the Western Conference playoff that with one spot still open, Colorado or Arizona. Oh, it's Vegas. It's, right? It's Vegas. Yeah. It's the, the only team the Stars have lost. They were swept, and they didn't look good in much of it. Now I don't think the Stars in any of those games played their best game, mm-hmm. but. Marc-Andre Fleury is the only goalie in the West that I think can match up or surpass what the Stars can bring with their netminders this this season, and he has the playoff history to prove it and back it up. He's the guy, right? If you if you want to look at any other team's goaltending situation, Fleury's the one, isn't he, of the playoff teams? Well, and he's, he's, he's also, he does All due respect to all the other playoff teams. He does teams. also have the slight caveat of... Will he be healthy, too, because he's been dealing with some stuff. But, but he's yes, won Stanley Cup. Yes, yes, yeah. He got them to the final last year. He can do it. He can. He has the mental makeup. You don't know, like all these other ones. Martin Jones in, in San Jose is a great goalie, but can he do Having it? Having a rough year. Having a rough year. What about the guys in Calgary, Mike Smith and David Riddich? Smith got the Coyotes on a deep run a while ago, but hasn't had a great year. Riddich has had a pretty good year, but he has no playoff history in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And we could go on and on. I don't, even, I don't even know who starts in game one for Calgary. Yeah, and, and look, Pekka Rene's gone deep before, and he's been up and down. Uh, Jordan Bennington's never been there. The Stars have his number. I think, okay, talk about a crazy year. Remember, most famous thing I would have thought Jordan Bennington would have been done at this season is Go back to late November where he's slashing Joel Esperance and challenging the Texas Stars bench to a fight. In the AHL, the the Texas Stars hold bench to a fight. What a season he's had. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, moving on. Uh, Kind of the same question. Taylor wants to know best matchup for the Stars in the first round. I don't think there's really a bad matchup for the Stars in the first round. They're glad to be in the playoffs and they say bring it on, right? Mm -hmm. Logan writes in Logan Stark for Landy. Uh, now that the Stars have clinched, how do you think the team will stack up against their potential opponents? Can you talk through potential blind spots for the Stars that need to address for the postseason? That part of the question is interesting. What are potential issues with the way the Stars have played that are concerning to you? Because we've just rattled off a whole bunch of strengths. Mm-hmm. I think it's finishing. Yeah. Goal scoring, right? And that's been an issue all year. They scored yeah, finish, six tonight. Finishing is one. Um, the other thing that's going to be interesting just as far as... Sometimes the uh, this is part of finishing, but power plays become fewer and fewer in the playoffs because it's how the game gets called. So there becomes more of an onus on executing when you get that first one and executing right away. Sometimes in the games where the Stars are actually good on the power play games, they draw multiple penalties. 
they don't really get that crispness or get going until that second or third power play. You can't. They really need do... to. They need to get on to number one. Yes. And go mm-hmm. right. Yes. And it's that's a microcosm of the way they play. Mm-hmm. They need to do that from the first period, not wait to the second, which has been traditionally this season their best period. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's the other thing. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta start fast. You can't. They, they started fast tonight, they, but they didn't play a great. Yeah, first you have period. to, you have to play better first periods. Right, because look, that's the blind, the other blind spot. This team does not do well when giving up the first goal. They've gotten better late, lately on the road, coming back from some deficits. But it's a bad formula. It's a recipe for disaster. They have to, if they get on the front foot with their defense and goaltending, they can hold a lot of leads. Yes. Uh, Wes writes in. Did anyone know about Zuccarello playing tonight prior to warmup? I did not. Only Zuccarello did. Uh, the pl- and players before well, the, the player, warm-up. Well, I, I think it's, it's, when they arrived at the arena. I talked to a couple of the – actually, so I know you talked to Sagan in the postgame. I yeah. talked to a couple of players. I even talked to some of the uh, – I talked to a couple of the scratches in the press box tonight where I asked them if they even knew, and they said they had no idea when right. Zuccarello skated with them this morning. Right. No, I, so, I don't think anybody knew it, until it, he it, pushed it, up his doctor's he, appointment Basically, today. Zuccarello felt good after morning skate and said, I'm going to go to the doctor and see if I'm cleared. He wants to play. He wants and to I play. And I love it. Yeah. So, no um, – even um, because when Monty said this morning, when we asked about the lineup, he said it was the same lineup as Saturday. He was confident that that's what it was. That mm-hmm. was actually the plan. So, By the way, uh, the next one is an interesting one. Florian writes in, why are all Dallas analysts? And he writes, Razor, Heike, Ludwig, Newkirk, <laughs> Levine, etc. He didn't mention you or any of the other writers other than Hikes. But he said, why are they all in love with old school hockey? Parentheses, grit over skill, size over speed, Pollock over anybody else. Interesting comparisons. Or can't they be critical over some of the GMs and coaches' decisions? Two different questions. Um, we can all be critical, and we have. Uh, I, r- I ranted for, up until the move for Zuccarello, that the Stars haven't done enough, and you did too, to add to their top six scoring, their second line. They didn't have it. And for much of this year, we talked about depth scoring. Now, with the emergence of Rope Hints, with uh, Dickinson playing better, Les Bruns was in there for a little bit, but Zuccarello is the big one. He changes the dynamic of this team as far as having two potent offensive for, uh, you know, lines up front. Here's the thing. I don't love grit over skill. I don't love size over speed. The 15-16 stars was my favorite because it was, we're not great defensively, but we're going to go and score seven and win seven, six. If it was you could, fun. If it was really fun. And I, I remember I said this to you, Sean, a yeah. bunch of times. I re- really wanted the Stars to win the Stanley Cup that year because this is a copycat league. Yeah. And teams will emulate the previous winner just like in uh, – the big example is Anaheim wins in 07. They're a big, heavy, slog, shut it down type of team. They win the Stanley Cup. Suddenly, everybody's drafting giants. Everybody's drafting big, thick, strong defensemen. Everybody, you know, clutch and grab and stuff, even though they've opened up the game. And that's the trend. And you really want to see high-flying offense and, you know, Lindy Ruff's go-get-it attack aggressive style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's what I like to see. I'd like to see the Stars play with way more possession. I'd like to see them play with the puck more often. I liked what we saw tonight. I yes. like seeing... Um, now I know I my name wasn't brought up in that, but I do I do think that there are I don't even know I don't I'm not having to defend myself, but basically I I would I like seeing the stars play. Well, you speed. are presumably in the et cetera part. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put you in it, even if you, here's the thing, Sean. The stars 
Jim Montgomery said we we thought we were you know the players thought they were going to be more of an offensive style team mm-hmm. at the early part of the season and we weren't getting the results because of it. By the All Star break, things had really been accepted as this is a defense first team. It's not the style that we all prefer, but what we like more than anything else is winning results. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, defensive teams can get results. I would love it if it was just gun run and gun, go for it. I wish you could take this goaltending tandem and put them on the 15-16 team that was high-flying. That would be really fun, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, that team would have been... Although neither goaltender would have the numbers they have this no, year. No, the numbers, the numbers the defensive wouldn't help yeah. wouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, Billy writes in, how are Zuccarello and Cogliano after being held out of the game late? Uh, I mean, we'll get a better answer Thursday. Yeah. Basically, Jim Montgomery, it was interesting because he said, and I'm not sure, he said... Cogliano, he said Cogliano's fine. He definitely said fine about Cogliano and then basically uh, alluded that Zuccarello's also fine. Um, Zuccarello did get x-rays because of uh, precaution, but he didn't. But he did not play the last 10 minutes. Um, my The concern for me is, the, the, the only concern for me on this is there's a level of precaution. There's one level of precaution that says, hey, we're up 6-2, to two, like sit on the bench. And, a level, and not and a, yeah. get noticed. Yeah, and a level of precaution of you're not going to be there for the final 10 minutes and you're going to go get x-rays. Now, maybe he was going to get x-rays after the game either way. Maybe that's the protocol. Maybe that was the protocol he was going to be going through. Who knows? But um, to me, there's still a slight concern because especially after they said it wasn't the arm that was hurting him. Is it something else? So that's there's a, we're going to learn more on Thursday. Um, there wasn't the doom and gloom and finality of it though like i was in chicago when he broke his arm and i remember the feeling they knew right away the feeling not just from the coaching staff but the feeling around the players was just like it was kind of like that awkward like it was a gut punch it was a gut punch but it was kind of like that awkward type of thing you know where the it hits that level where it's like you kind of almost have to laugh at it but like because you don't have any other emotion you don't know how to process it so you're laughing in sort of a defense mechanism style way but you really uh, just going, how can we possibly yeah. have like, just I, gone I, through I, that? If anyone's watched uh, the most recent uh, Open Ice episode, and you know Zuccarello gets the cowboy hat after that game, <laughs> where he's giving his speech to the guys and he says, well, guys, see you in four to six weeks. Which is crazy. Like it's <laughs> Yeah, but that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Ardell writes in, where do Bishop Hudobin stand in the Jennings Trophy race? Are Bishop Hudobin the most important free agent signings of the Jim Nell tenure? Uh, the Jennings race, I don't, did the Islanders play tonight? No. They lost to, in Toronto last night, and they play Thursday, Saturday. Like most teams. How many goals did they let up last night? They, I want to say, I can look it up. I thought they lost 3-1 to one okay. to the, uh, to the, it was in, uh, in Long Island, it was at Nassau, because they were booing Tavares in every possible moment. Um, they lost, oh, 2 to 1 to the Maple Leafs. And the Stars let up 2. Okay, so they're still, they're, the Stars are still 1 behind. Right. Now, here's the thing. Stars play the Hawks, pretty offensive team, uh, who does, doesn't play much defense. And then they play Minnesota, not a very offensive team, and it's at home. But the Islanders play. Islanders play at Florida, mm-hmm. quite an offensive team, and at Washington, Washington yeah. also a offensive team. So in order for the Stars to win the Jennings... Uh, they have to what? They're minus one? In order for the Stars to win the Jennings... They have to out to out to outright win the Jennings. They have to let up two less goals than the Islanders in the final two games. To right. tie the Jennings, they only have to let up one less goal. One fewer. 
And we'll uh, know a lot more going into Saturday, yes. right? It, we won't know much until then because again, there'll be games to be played. So mm-hmm. it, they're awfully close. And look, either way, win or lose, it's been a phenomenal goaltending year for them. Yeah. Aaron writes in: Do either of you get collect get to collect any noteworthy Stars memorabilia? Sneak a little something from the locker room or receive a little handout here or there from players or team employees? What is your best memorabilia item from any sport or team? No, we don't get that stuff. First of all. Uh, as members of the broadcast team and media, you're actually one of the things that is quite strictly forbidden, and it's also a professional courtesy not to, mm-hmm. is to ask for autographs or, or items or while you're working. Or pictures it's just, or anything like it, that. It's, yeah. a, it's a professional faux pas. You don't yes. do it. It's, it actually, I think it even says on the, the media credentials that you are not to do that kind of stuff, and you, that could be grounds for revoking credentials or being dismissed or – we none of us we none of us do it. Yeah. Are you a memorabilia guy? Um, I have a. I, have I don't. I'm not really that. I like. I would rather if I meet somebody famous to have my picture for posterity's sake, more than autographs. That's I, not really my thing. Yeah. Not not really as much anymore. I have a couple things from when I was as a kid in some. In, I've got a couple things from when I was a kid, um, and. But I haven't really been a big collector of things like that for a long time. Um, I used to have, I still have, like I, I have a, for example, I do have, well, one thing that I do as memorability thing is I have a signed Trechy actors. Yeah, and that's cool, the and, one that's framed. Yeah, I, I have that. Um, that's really neat. From and, the Russian yeah. nationality, or the Soviets, from, I guess, yes. technically. And so I, I have that, um, but other than that, not really big into stuff like that um i i think as far as my fandom goes for other sports and things like that i'm of the element where i could ideally i'd use the money that it would cost for something like that to maybe go to another game or yeah like i like the experiences yeah. more my i guess my best memorabilia isn't really memorabilia but it's more of a family heirloom mm-hmm. uh my great-grandfather on my mom's side was a major league baseball pitcher in the Early late 20s and early 30s with the Philadelphia Athletics, uh, and then went into the Navy for World War World War II. But he won a World Series in 1929 with the A's, and uh, I have a couple of pictures that I've framed and a couple baseball cards, which is really cool. He's my great grandfather. I never met him. He passed away before I was born, but that's kind of cool. But I'm not. I've never been an autograph guy. To me, that's just never been my thing. Now, again, for people that like it, like to collect the things, great, go for it. But I feel like the keepsakes feel, are not. I feel like and now tell tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like social media has. You're kind wrong. Of, no. I feel like social media has kind of replaced the autograph. Like I feel like so much now you see people wanting to get the selfie or the picture. And, the pic. Well, the, not so much social media. Um, although that's the interaction. It's more the the smartphone, the ability to take a selfie, the selfie itself, whether it's for social media or not. Yeah. Is a big and frankly, I would think it's much less of a beating for players to stand and, and and take a picture than it is to you know destroy your wrist by signing a hundred or a thousand autographs or whatever it may be. Now, you know maybe not. Maybe some players like signing better and it's easier and posing for pictures they find awkward and time because I don't know. Um, but personally, I would think that the photo would be better, easier. I think it was last homestand. There was the. Uh... 
there was one of those where it was one of the days where they had jerseys set up for people to sign for the players to sign. Right. And sometimes the the team, all teams do this. Will uh, will collect a bunch. Will get a bunch of items and ask the players to yeah. do a, a bulk signing. Then they can use for giveaways yeah. and other promotional items. I, this team has some terrible signatures. Nah, they all do. They're like my, no, no, oh, you I, were scrutinizing the signatures? No, no, I'm not scrutinizing. I, I was going through and reading them, and I was curious to see how many I could actually read without if I didn't if, if they didn't have a number. Right. So because like hockey Radic- players always sign their num- their jersey number underneath, which is very helpful because a lot of times you can't discern yeah. what the signature like, is. I think Jamie Benz was the only one that was like discernible. Like this is Jamie Benz' signature. Yeah. Like it actually like. Um, I feel like I've seen Sagan's enough that I might be able to pick that out. But even like Fox's, the only reason you could tell is because there's a big F and a 12. Like, yeah, and that's just it. When you sign it a lot, it turns into a lot of scribbling. Mm-hmm. Or if you're Sean, who has even worse than my ridiculously terrible handwriting, you never know what it is. That's why we type. <laughs> Last question, and this one's off the cuff, which you love. Okay. Christopher writes in, what's your take on bubblegum ice cream? For me, it's extremely underrated and often hard to find. Somehow, as an adult, I feel like I shouldn't like it, but if liking it is wrong, I don't want to be right. Two, two thoughts, because I am an ice cream guy, and I'll say this. There's nothing wrong with you liking bubblegum ice cream. Go for it. Enjoy it if you can find it. It's not for me, but I will try it. Because I, I'm willing to give any ice cream a shot, but that's, that's way down the list of things I'm going for. To me... Bubble up gum, the concept of bubblegum ice cream. By the way, you can't see this. Sean has made a deeper furrowed browed <laughs> contemplation of his answer for this than anything else we've talked about all night. So he's digging in like nothing we've seen so or to, heard. To me, the bubblegum ice cream is not an ice cream you could buy, you should buy or could buy at a grocery store. To me... You're saying specialty? No, I I think bubblegum ice cream, to me, embodies something you're getting out of the ice cream truck that comes by. What about at a specialty ice cream shop? Whether it's the Baskin-Robbins 31 flavors or uh, the one I went to, the Brewsters, where they say, hey, we have various varieties, sometimes we mix it up. This is one of our specials. I'm pictures, but for me, the bubblegum ice cream. This is it, 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 in the cone. <laughs> so it's, I, I, don't, I don't remember what it's called. It's it, I can't remember the name of it. But so you're actually talking about it being as one of the frozen novelties. One of the frozen available. novelties that's in a cone. It's got to literally have a bubble gum on the bottom Ew. of the cone. No, and it's I don't want real gum in mixed in. You know what? Flavor. You know what? That's what I think of bubblegum ice cream. And that's not good. So you're talking about like almost <laughs> the Tootsie or not the blow pop version of ice cream, which is eat the cone and at the bottom you have gum. Yes. So that sounds horrible. They, it exists. I'm, I'm sure it does. Yes. I, I didn't say have, it was good, but this is what I think according of. According to Homer Simpson, they have nuts and gum together at last <laughs> because of him. <laughs> which I don't like. It sounds horrible anyway. Um, there is a fabulous soft serve ice cream place in uh in between elmira and horseheads new york it's a it's a go-to whenever i go visit my in-laws and uh they have they change their flavors every single week they have six soft serve they have hard ice cream as well and shakes and you know sundays and flurries and all that stuff but they have uh three soft serve machines Right. They always have vanilla, chocolate and twist. Mm-hmm. Then they have two other machines that have both the single and the twist variety. And there will be occasionally ones that will, the closest is they have one called T-Berry, 
Okay. Tea berry is actually a flavor of like old school gum. It's not terrible. It's actually quite good, but it's it's low on the of the menu that they do. They do some great stuff. They have a creamsicle where they do a vanilla soft serve orange sherbet twist. Ooh. It's it's great. Uh, my favorite is uh, twice a year they do pumpkin vanilla twists. Hmm. It it's awesome. There, there's many great flavors. They do a coconut chocolate twist. They do a peanut butter chocolate if you're into that. Um, it's not my big thing, but I actually like this. I'm not peanut butter chocolate ice cream. Um, I don't no, peanut butter is not my first choice with desserts. I will eat it and try it, but it's it's lower on the list. Yes, <laughs> I do. Ah, that is, um, but here's the thing. That is fascinating. Okay, and wrong. Peanut butter ice cream <laughs> sounds heavy. This soft serve that he serves is not, so it's nice. But no, it's if you offered me a bunch of different things like a Mississippi mud pie, I might eat it, but it's definitely not my first choice. There's so many ways to go here, and I'm not going to get any sleep because of this ridiculousness. Your turn. Besides the fact that you offered the gumball in the kid's ice cream truck, what else do you have to say for yourself? About ice cream? About, yeah, the general dessert topic wax poetically before we leave. Well, I am... <laughs> Whatever. There is a... Uh, growing up for me, there was a ice cream place that we would go to every year on the last day of school and that was the one place that is deep in the memory because we don't everyone would go there the last day of school the place was called old barn milk barn it was this literally this old barn you it's this it's this old barn that was kind of turned into a restaurant and everything like that and you'd go and you'd get the ice cream cones and they only had four flavors when you were there they would have chocolate vanilla um chocolate vanilla they'd have mint chocolate chip and then one other flavor of the week could you get is it are these all hard ice cream? Hard ice cream. Okay, so, so you, could, you scoops. could get scoops. Yeah, you could right. get scoops. Okay. Um sorry there's five. It was because there's us a strawberry. Always? Yes. Okay. There's always but then there was always one other one that you could kind of you'd, you'd tr- maybe get like one scoop of like that. But would you, you rate how would you rate hard ice cream versus soft ice cream in your rankings? If you had to choose and you had both available, do you have one that you would prefer more often than not over the other. I mean, look, they're both great. There are, there are multiple scenarios. Um, <laughs> straight ice cream. We're talking cone, straight, um, cone or dish. I'm prefer- We're not talking about adding uh, to a sundae or... Hard, hard, hard ice cream. Really? Yes. I would go the opposite. If if push came to shove, soft ice cream over hard ice cream, but you can't go wrong either way. I like both in a waffle cone. I like both in a, a regular cake cone or a sugar cone. Sugar cone is really more of a hard ice cream cone. And, well, and here's the other here's the other way to think about it too. Okay. One of my favorite my favorite ice cream is mint chocolate chip. That's it's great ice cream. It's hard to do in soft serve. Yeah, it is. You, I, I, you know what? I'm 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 a big mint chocolate chip guy as well. <laughs> Briars, really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's others that do it well. But to me, I really I really get excited over soft serve. As you probably saw yes. when um, <laughs> playoffs, playoff time, soft was it the machine. Facebook posts that my wife got me in Maine <laughs> where I asked for the large and it was like the size of my torso? Yes. And I it had just rained, so I had like the matted rain head, right? We're all wet, and it stopped raining and said, well, let's stop for ice cream. And it was like a three-foot, and I ate the whole thing. Well, you know what? The, it was good. Uh, it was too much. Soft serve machine might come out for the playoffs. I will ex- be excited for it. It's not the same. The quality is, I mean, look, beggars can't be choosers here, right? We'll and, take and, it. And, and you know what they say, and this is a perfect way to wrap things up with going to the playoffs. Well, let's do it. Winners get sprinkles. They do say that. 
I don't know if I say that, but they do say that. I know, they do say that. You can get sprinkles whenever you darn well please. But they say winners get sprinkles. They do say that. Chocolate or rainbow sprinkles? Rainbow. See, I like chocolate. I'm all inclusive, John. (laughs) I'm not going to restrict the colors of the sprinkles. Everybody can play. (laughs) Yes, yes, I just pulled that. Sprinkles are for everyone. Sprinkles are for everyone. Or or not. How about this? How about the the, uh, soft serve dip cone? Oh, that's good. Where you take the, let's say, vanilla mm-hmm. soft serve and dip it in, uh, there are a multitude of flavors, but the the classic for me is the chocolate dip top. Yes. And the best is when it starts to crack and so the ice cream starts to melt and sort of drip in between. Uh, others like the cherry dip. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's, a, I, I don't do that very often, the dip cone, yeah. but it, that's a fun one for a blast from the past. They did have, speaking of ice cream, they had ice cream in the press box. Um, Where? The second intermission in Vancouver. They brought, not here. No, 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 not in Dallas. Well, the stars do have novelty. Yeah, yeah, but they brought the Hagen Dazs. Ooh, that's a quality ice cream. Yeah. One of my favorites, if we're going Hagen Dazs, is they do a pineapple coconut ice cream. Ooh. It's great. Get it at your local uh, grocery store where ice cream is served or sold. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the stars have ice cream sandwiches mm-hmm. and the, uh, what's it called? Is it the Nutty Cone? What's yeah. the the? Oh, there's a, it's in there's a it's special. A, uh, it's the cone. It's the drumstick. Drum, it's, drumstick. it's the drumstick. It's the drumstick. Yeah, yeah. Not the nutty cone. What is that? <laughs> the drumstick. But it's got nuts on it. With peanuts. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good too. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's funny. I, I don't eat it all the time. I've been trying to not, because there's also dessert downstairs mm-hmm. and cookies and brownies and other stuff you can get. Um, but got there. Traffic didn't give us a, as much time. So I for, went dessert tonight mm-hmm. and then hit, hit up the drumstick. Today was a drumstick night and it worked. Good, good drumstick night? If there's any superstitions of which I have almost none, it might have been earlier star seasons where if they were down, I'd go and grab a ice cream novelty to try to get a third period rally. In 1516, it worked. They, they would always look up and say, hey, look, Owen's got an ice cream novelty. It's time to go. Time to play. <laughs> and so then fans would say, well, why don't you do that in the first period? Because I'm trying to keep my cholesterol <laughs> under 400. Thank you. All right. That wraps it up before it's 1.30 in the morning and we're sitting here and we get just berated for, are you guys stupid and why are you still doing this this late? And the answers to both are yes and we don't know. Yes. Uh, well, next one will uh, – we for sure have uh, – Episode 68 – Will be we're the still, final game of the regular season. We're still figuring out the logistics for Saturday, but Saturday should happen. You're and saying so, so you don't want to guarantee 68 Saturday. Um, I'm just we'd like to. We'd like to. I just want to uh, figure out logistics of transportation down to the ring still. Well, you're gonna get home. Yes. You think yes. there might be a possibility you drive yourself separately? Yes. If that happens, there will be no yes, car it's, it's still up in the air. On because that. we did the Bluetooth one, and it, it just wasn't good. It wasn't good. So, yeah. We're uh, we're heading closer to 70, and uh, there'll be some playoffs in there. Yeah, so, but definitely uh, playoff car casts in the future. We gotta shorten these. These are getting to be late nights. <laughs> playoff <laughs> nights are not early anyway. <laughs> Thanks for listening for episode 67, the first responders edition.